Paleo J Smoothie Cafe. A paleo life is a stoic life on Paleo J's Smoothie Cafe. You've probably heard about being stoic, which has come to mean toughing it out or not complaining about hardship and the like. But actually, this is all that is left in modern times of a deep and well-thought-out school of philosophy that flourished from its founding in the 3rd century B.C. and right up through Roman times and beyond. The gist of it was this. The path to happiness for humans is found in accepting that which we have been given in life by not allowing ourselves to be controlled by our desire for pleasure or our fear of pain, by using our minds to understand the world around us and to do our part in nature's plan, and by working together and treating others in a fair and just manner. No one would argue with that, I don't think. It sounds kind of like Christianity and following the golden rule, doesn't it? And one of the key tenets was that the way you live your life is far more important than what you say you believe. Hypocrites need not apply. I believe that I have been a practicing Stoic for the past few weeks, since in Stoicism one needs to set one's emotions aside and live in harmony with nature, since all of life is capricious and changeable. I have recently lost my father during the same time that we are without a kitchen in the midst of remodeling that has left us washing our few dishes on a table with a basin and a hose outside and cooking on a propane cooker I usually use for cooking down maple sap for syrup. It's kind of tough to remain paleo, but we're doing it. There is no relation between the two, but I am making the point that all of life is like this. Chaos and random events define our lives. The best way to train for this is to periodically put ourselves into what we consider the worst that could happen. Put ourselves in that situation. The Stoics did this all the time, purposely. They would wear rags for a week and dine on the poorest food they could find just to show themselves that If the worst did happen, if they lost everything they owned, it was not that big of a deal, not really. The birds still sing. Nature goes on. Just today, I saw several bluebirds, and tomorrow, I look forward to seeing my little grandson, still shy of two years of age. I went to a birthday party of a neighbor's children that were one and three, respectively. I have known their mother since she was about six. They made a healthy birthday cake that was 100% whole wheat flour with frosting of natural sweeteners, but that is another story. People still think that's healthy. I ate none of that. 
It is as if I am living in stoic rags, in a way. We have no way to wash clothes, and we'll have to visit a laundromat soon, although we have so much going on that we haven't found the time. It will be difficult to find the time. But as I wash dishes today in a plastic tub on a card table in the yard with a hose for rinsing, I found I actually enjoyed it. The birds all about, the sound of the falling water from our little fountain. Who cares that someone ran into the side of my wife's car yesterday, smashing in the side? At least there were no injuries. My father is gone, but he lived for almost 97 years. What can be sad about that, really? He has left me as the patriarch of the family, the oldest male of my line, since his brother passed away one week before my father at 98. Both died peacefully at home. Is this really something to tear out one's hair over? No, ultimately, it's a happy event, actually, a natural event. I am living now almost as a homeless person, with the exception that I do have a home, only without the means to prepare food. I am wearing dirty clothes and trying my best to eat healthy, making smoothies on my workbench in the garage and grilling our foods on the charcoal grill. In the ancient tradition, I thank Zeus daily for the refrigerator in that garage, along with the sunlight of Apollo. And I know when it is all done, over a month from now, I will really, really appreciate it. And why will I, really? Because of the deprivation. We all need to consciously deprive ourselves of luxury, of what we have all assumed to be our right in this modern, quasi-decadent age, if only to remind us just how good we have it here in the land that capitalism built, in the model envisioned by our genius founding fathers. And with that said, I want to share a short story of an obituary I wrote about my father's passing, along with the almost simultaneous death of his brother, my Uncle Ken. And every word is true. Phil Bowers, my dad, along with a father to six other brothers and a sister, passed away this morning, June 1st, 2017. My mother... Carolyn and my brother Roger were with him when he took his final breath, leaving this world while still in his sleep as he had wished. He was in his home of the past 57 years in LaGrange Park, Illinois, where his children, their spouses and families, and their childhood friends all still came frequently to visit. With eight kids, they were used to a busy house and yard, and it continued throughout Phil's entire life. Roger and my mother were startled to hear the local marching band play outside just after he passed. This was so appropriate as Phil was a lifelong musician. Just last week, I was home to help out as all of my siblings have been throughout my father's recent decline. He was slipping out of his chair, and so Roger and I lifted him up to carry him to his bed. He slipped to the side, and all at once, I was carrying him myself, 
like he had carried me when I was a baby. He was so light. I remarked after I laid him down that he is like a bird now. He was nimble and vital, right up until the last month or so, going upstairs to his bedroom each night because, quote, stairs are healthy. Phil enjoyed tennis throughout his life, which was second to him only in playing trombone and performing, which he had done steadily, starting back in the 1940s and the big band days, hence his nickname, Big Band Phil. In fact, he used to walk around upstairs playing his trombone, walking into our bedrooms to the raucous rendition of some jazz tune or other, and then cutting off playing, which shout out some chores we had to do that day, and then leave, picking up the tune where he left off. But by these last few weeks, he could suddenly no longer walk at all. He and my mother would spend the days just looking out the large picture windows in their living room to their wooded backyard, just watching the many birds and squirrels. They always made special note of a red cardinal or striking blue jay visitor, since that was special. This morning, Roger texted us all. Roger has been the major caretaker of my parents for months, and I believe is slated for sainthood, telling us that Dad had passed away peacefully. I went into the other room and looked out the large window to our wooded backyard. Right beyond the glass, looking back at me, was a beautiful, bright blue jay. It stayed there for quite some time, as of course did I. Then another blue jay came down, right next to the first. They both looked in at me. One week ago, Phil's big brother Ken passed away in Florida, also in his home. He was 98. I believe that Ken had shown his little brother the way, and they had both left their broken old bodies behind. They were making their earthly rounds, checking on all of us one more time. They had been bedridden, unable to walk, but now they could fly. Of all the money that I have spent, I spent it in good company. And all the harm that here I had done Alas, it was to none but me And all I've done for want of wit To memory now I can't recall So filled to me the parting glass Good night and joy be to you all Oh, the comrades that here I've had They're sorry for my going away And all the sweethearts that here I've had 
They would wish me one more day to stay But since it falls unto my lot That I should rise and you should not I'll gently rise and I'll softly call Good night and joy be with you all